You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Utes. Welcome into a special Monday press conference slash Tuesday episode of the podcast. Y'all, Brian and Jake back recapping everything we learned from football availability with Kyle Whittingham. And Brian, this is kind of a new format of what we're going to be doing here is Monday afternoons, we're going to drop a podcast to let you guys know exactly what happened shortly after the press conference wraps up with Kyle Whittingham. Just kind of kicking off the week. So I... Looking forward to it, but where are we going on today's episode? Well, it's the first game of the season, so Kyle Whittingham's going to have some updates for us. He's going to tell us a little bit more about what's going on with the quarterback battle. There's a big update on the offensive line, who's going to be available, who might not be, and then just the general housekeeping in terms of what you need to ask when you play your former co-worker, Jay Hill, at Weber State. Yeah, there's a lot to get to ahead on today's show, but a reminder for you guys, make sure you check out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast, more of an expansive view on the conference as a whole. Cindy Robinson does a great job spanning the entire conference. Brian is, of course, a co-host on that fairly regularly. Get it wherever you get your podcasts, just like this one. So let's get rolling here, and let's talk a little bit about Utah football, as it is officially game week, folks. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for August 30th, 2021. Once again, this is the Locked On Utes podcast. I'm Jay Catch, joined as always by my co-host, Brian Brown. And Brian, you're a little bit mobile today, but nonetheless, how are you, sir? This is how we roll, Jake. Literally, in cars, sometimes to record for our listeners with Locked On Utes. It's a busy day in the office, but wanted to take a little bit of time and break down the comments from Kyle Whittingham. It is the, it, we're in game week. It's the first week of the season. We're trying to blow out the coverage as best we can on here. We're making sacrifices, Jake. This is this is it. This is it. we're invested. We're all in. We're not in the way. Yeah. Let's do this. There's no doubt about that. Just kind of a heads up for y'all. We're gonna do a new kind of format during the season this this season. So we're gonna drop what we're gonna technically be our Monday episode on Sunday at some point. It'll be more of a recap of the game. So look for it this coming Sunday after. Uh, well, I guess most Sundays would be Utah playing on Thursday this week. It's gonna change the dynamic a little bit. But typically we'll do an episode on Sunday. We'll do an episode shortly after press conferences happen on Monday. So Monday afternoon you can look for an episode, and then we'll get back to it. I guess officially on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, getting you ready for the game of the upcoming week. It's gonna be an interesting format, but it's Brian says it's kind of our idea to make sure you guys are up to speed on everything with Utah shortly after the news actually happens. So it should be a lot of fun. Make sure to that follow button. That way you never miss an episode. But Brian, should we let Kyle Whittingham talk a little bit to us today? Listen, Jake, they all get enough of our voice. Let's go ahead and let the master share his plan. Yeah, so Kyle Whittingham obviously got up to the podium and his press conferences are always... Uh, insightful is the way I would 
term them. But obviously, since last Thursday when the depth chart finally dropped, we have not had a chance to speak with anybody inside the program on the record about what's going on with the quarterback battle. So let's let Kyle Whittingham explain what won Charlie Brewer the starting quarterback position. Well, he had the edge statistically, first of all, and that's not the only thing you take into account. But uh, he did have a slight edge statistically, just a guy that has a lot of leadership, and, and it was a close call. It could have gone either way, but Charlie's experience, uh, having played in over 40 Division One games and the success he had at Baylor throwing the football, and I believe our team would have been just fine with either decision. I mean, they would have rallied around whichever guy ultimately won the job. They're both very well-respected, hard workers, prepare the way you're supposed to, and so it was really close, but ultimately Charlie and probably the experience factor was probably the biggest reason behind it. There you go, Brian. Experience factor and a statistical edge give Charlie Brewer the nod at the helm of the Utah offense. Is that really all that surprising if we're being honest with ourselves? No, and it's it, it goes along with our thinking all along of why we, we believe that Charlie Brewer is going to be the choice, the experience. The statistics were interesting. Uh, we don't have access to that, so we really didn't know for sure. What, what statistics he's referring to or what they were that gave Brewer the edge. It doesn't surprise me that it was a lot closer maybe than they wanted it to be. That's all credit to Cam Rising. And, and you know, I think uh, no real mysteries here. It just always felt like Charlie Brewer was going to be the guy. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. But we'll look forward to seeing it. As he mentioned, as Kyle mentioned, as he mentioned, as Kyle mentioned, uh, Charlie Brewer having started 40 plus games at the Power Five level, you cannot discount just that overall game experience. And that's not to say that Cam Rising is going to miss out on anything. There's a chance. You never know. One hit, all of a sudden, Cam Rising could be called upon. But obviously, they had to tell Cam Rising about the decision to make Charlie Brewer the starting quarterback. So. The question obviously was asked, how did Cam Rising take that news? Exactly what you had hoped. He's professional. He understood. Disappointed because he's a competitor, but no drop-off whatsoever in practice habits, preparation, attitude. It was all absolutely outstanding, and it has been. And if his number's called, he'll be ready. We have no doubt about that. All right, Brian, I hate to say that's coach speak, but I feel like we just got a whole bunch of coach speak about Cam Rising. I guess the disappointed part of it's probably the most uh, genuine part of that comment. Am I wrong? No, not at all. And, and, you know, I think Cam Rising is the kind of guy who's going to take this news as well as anyone can in that position. I think he probably felt, here's the thing. I, I, we got enough comments from guys around the program, including Britton Covey and others, saying that it was that close to where I don't think Cam Rising can really sit there and say, hey, I, I clearly won it. And I don't think there were guys in the locker room campaigning one way or the other. I think what the reality is, is they really do love Cam Rising. He was named a captain because of it. I think all that stuff plays into it. At the end of the day, you do kind of have to go with experience, but we really won't know Cam Rising's true feelings, you know, until maybe uh, later on. We'll see how, how it goes. If he stays in the program, if he stays with it, then obviously that's his, his investment into it. You know, if he decides down the road that it's time to transfer, then we'll know how he actually felt. Right. But at this point in time, as far as we know, he's planning on staying there and, and it's, you know, it's hard to predict really what, what a guy's going to do or what's going to happen during the season. So it does kind of behoove him in a lot of ways to, to stick around and maybe maintain a, a, a little uh, time on the sidelines and, and see what happens with Charlie Brewer. 
Yeah, and he's still got time on his side. That, that, that's the yeah. plain and simple fact here is that he's still going to have an opportunity to be the guy at Utah. He'll have to prove that, obviously, but I don't see him transferring. That's just maybe me looking into it a little too deeply, but I just don't see him deciding, you know what? I didn't win the job, so I'm out. I, I just don't see that happening. He's already transferred once in his college career. I'm not expecting that he's necessarily looking to hop into the portal right away. All right, yeah. one final thing on the quarterback here, Brian. Sorry, uh, is uh, Charlie Brewer obviously is a starting quarterback. Well, Kyle Whittingham was asked, what are his best attributes as a quarterback? Here you go. Poised, calm under pressure, goes through his breed progression very quickly, is decisive, you know, gets the ball out of his hand quickly, accurate thrower, has a good pocket presence. He can sense the rush and move around in the pocket the way you want a quarterback to. His escapability is good. He's not a statue back there. Both him and Cam are very mobile quarterbacks. Probably the main thing is decision-making. He's a great decision-maker. All right, there you have it, Brian. That's the breakdown of what Charlie Brewer brings to the table. I think the biggest thing is that decision-making factor. That you need to process quickly. And the fact that he's played at the power five level, he's played in the the big 12. Cause we all know that the big 12 is so offense oriented that these quarterbacks, they're very smart when it comes to knowing where to go with the football almost before the ball is snapped. And that should benefit a guy like Charlie Brewer as he is in a new offense here, but he should fit right in and should be able to just really hit the ground running. Yeah, that and his accuracy were the two big things that we heard consistently about being his strengths. Leadership, cool under pressure, that obviously all comes with it. Josh Newman dropped a really good story about uh, why Matt Rule was such a big fan of Charlie Brewer. Worth it if you subscribe to the Salt Lake Tribune. And and really, you know, if you want the full depth of coverage for your team, you should absolutely subscribe there as well. Um, But no, none of this has been a surprise so far, but... uh, you know, we'll see how things go once once guys actually get on the field. Yeah, and that's the thing. Thursday night, Utah, Weber State, kicking things off. Looking forward to that. All right, we'll continue on recapping what we learned from Kyle Whittingham's press conference here in just a moment. But let's take a minute today, Brian, and talk to our fans about our good friends over at Built Bar. I know you and I are huge fans of Built Bar, but I got to gloat for a second, Brian. My wife for months now has seen me just absolutely devour Built Bars and is kind of laughed at me and said, you really can't like these all that much. But Brian, I won. I won in the end. Mrs. Hatch is a huge fan of Built Bars, and I am now having to order double the amount, it feels like, almost, to make sure that she has got her Built Bars that are all in stock. Yeah, they get to everybody eventually, Jake. It's just a matter of finding the flavor that you like. You know, I, I, I've raved about the grasshopper cookie. I went back to the cookies and cream today. It was a good reminder of how solid a flavor that is. Tried the peanut butter brownie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, You really just need to find the flavor you like, find the consistency that you like, and that'll be the hook because it's not a flavor question. It's all about having those macros right where you need them to be. Yeah, 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories only just four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs, guys. You will not believe how healthy these protein bars are for you as compared to how great they taste. They taste legitimately like a candy bar. So give them a shot. Get to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars with Built Bar. Continuing on now with this press conference recap edition of Locked On Utes, Brian. And of course, a quarterback's best friend is an offensive line that can keep him upright, can keep his jersey nice and clean, just make sure that he feels comfortable 
when he drops back to pass. Now, Weber State obviously is one of the top-level programs at the FCS level. Uh, Obviously, Utah, a Power 5 in the FBS ranks. But we're looking forward to seeing both of these teams square off. What should the confidence level be in this offensive line before we get to Kyle Whittingham's comments about the offensive front? Uh, we've talked about it all year that they've got a lot of guys on this offensive line who have played and who have starting experience. So they should be able to piece together a unit. I think the long-term picture is the one that gets a little bit dimmer if you can't get guys on the field and competing together. And so that's where, where the health of, of a group really becomes critical because you want them to play together, especially when it's your top five. Uh, that's, that's the bottom line. I think that, you know, the more guys that you get on the field against a team like Weber state, the better, but you know, you really, really want to get through this game with as, as minimal injuries as possible and try and get the work in that you can so that your guys can really build that continuity. Yeah, and Coach Whittingham was asked, okay, what is the depth chart offensive line going to look like? Because he has said as recently as last week that really the only question mark in his mind about this roster was making sure they had the offensive line figured out, no matter if depth chart, uh, who's available, all that type of stuff. Well, he was asked about that today, and here's what he had to say in that regard. No, because it's still in flux. We've got, I think it's three of them. We're not sure if they'll be ready yet. And so it's the most unstable, at least health-wise, position on the team right now. You know, we'd like it to be situated and all set, but that's not the case. Fortunately, we got a lot of guys that are game-ready, and whoever is available should be able to function just fine. So there you go, Brian. As many as three guys, I guess, in that starting unit for the offensive line, health status uncertain ahead of today's game. I guess all I've got to say, and this is not a slide against Weber State. Let me be clear about this. But if there is a game to have multiple starting offensive linemen miss, it's your FCS game. Plain and simple. That's the game to have them miss and hopefully get healthy ahead of a big-time rivalry game against BYU a week out. Yeah, I, I think in terms of Weber State, you're not overlooking the opponent here. What you're you're realizing is that there are going to be positions on the field that Weber State just doesn't have the horses to stay with Utah. And up front might very well be one of them, especially a Utah offensive line that has to go up against the Utah defensive line all the time in practice. You know, we Nick Ford was on with you guys this morning talking about how that group is, is literally three deep. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's wrong. And I know that Nick was selling his guys a little bit in how he talked about about it but the reality is is that you've got a guy like junior tafuna who was a i believe a high three if not a four-star prospect when he committed to utah at defensive tackle that's a talented player and anybody who watched him in high school will confirm that as well so if that's a guy that's the third on your depth chart like there's probably some validity to that that being said playing against an opponent is always that much more difficult it's way harder than practice the tempo is accelerated these guys are different from the dudes that you've been practicing against they're not going to do the same things that you've been practicing for weber state's going to come out and throw everything they can at utah the biggest uh you know uh, uh the biggest oh boy perfect timing for my brain to just shut down uh the biggest need is to make sure that you wear them down and by the end of the game that you've pulled away and, and handled your business. You know, I think the, there, there is valid concern around this position group. There wasn't when they were healthy. I don't think there needs to be that much if they come back from this game and are healthy. I'm curious if when coach Whittingham is talking about the three, if Jaron Kump is one of those, because if he is, then that makes a little bit more sense, right? Because we've yeah. had this expectation that Kump 
might not be, you know, a full go seeing as how he was in a boot, like I want to say less than a month ago, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, I'm just going off of his social media. So, you know, whatever you can infer from that, like, like that makes me feel a little less like nervous about it. Like, Oh, okay. You're all really down two guys from the, the entirety of camp. Right. Yeah, and that's the, by the way, uh, Nick Ford called all the guys along the offensive front ballers. That's what he told DJ and PK this morning. And it's just a, a plug for that. Every Monday morning at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, some of, some of you are, know are out of state, but 7.30 a.m., excuse me, 7.30 p.m., 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday mornings with DJ and PK in the morning, Nick Ford will be appearing all season long. Really, really cool, and Nick's one of the best interviews on this team. There's no doubt about that. So if you guys want to hear it, uh, you can hear it live at 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time, or you can podcast and just search out DJ and PK in the morning or go to 1280thezone.com and download the show, and you can listen to it that way. All right, uh, Brian, let's get to one other thought here from Kyle Whittingham on the offensive line, and that's with regards to the depth. We, we were just referencing that Nick Ford said that they he believes that they are three deep. Well, Kyle Whittingham believes that the depth is more than capable of filling in for anybody who might not be available in this contest. You're always better off with your best five guys, and so that's uh, not going to be the case this week. But if you're out there, you got to get the job done. And we've been talking about the depth of the O-line all fall camp and ever since last spring. And so, fortunately, that depth is going to help us in this game here because we're going to need to draw upon that. And so we feel like we'll be in good shape. And at some point in the last couple of weeks, we've got 10, 11 guys that we think are really good players and, and ready to play in the Pac-12. Now, not all 10, 11 of those guys are available this week. And so that's the challenge. But uh, we've got enough, and we should be fine. Well, maybe they're not three deep, according to Kyle Whittingham, but if you're 10 or 11 deep, Brian, that means you're legit too deep. There are, there are multiple guys available for those slots, and I just kind of go back to my point that if you're, there's a game for guys to miss to hopefully get healthy, it's your FCS game. And we'll see how it all shakes out on Thursday night. You know that based on those comments, Weber State's probably thinking, okay, maybe we blitz a bit more, but that depth is as good as Kyle Whittingham and Nick Ford advertise. Utah shouldn't have much of an issue. No, and, and I think the big thing to be concerned about with guys that are new coming in is is the lack of experience being on the field, right? Nerves and mm-hmm. and really edge rushers are what Utah's really struggled with all along. Edge rushers and then movement up front, obviously in the blitz game. Uh, I don't know that Weber State's going to have an edge rusher that's going to match up to like Kayvon Thibodeau or uh, Drake Jack- Jackson over at USC. I, I'm just like maybe they do. I don't think so. But, um, you know, so that's, I'm less concerned about. I, I do think that Weber state's going to throw the kitchen sink at them in terms of fronts and, and, and how they blitz and, and how they move up front. And that'll be something they'll have to work through the game to get better at. But again, this is the game that you want your, your non-starters, your backups to get as many reps as possible and really improve in so that if they do have to play down the road against a Washington state or even a BYU, that they're ready to go, that this isn't that that's not their first experience. It was Weber state. Yeah, that, that, that right there, I think, is the key point to, to make in all of this. All right, we will wrap up uh, this edition of Locked on Utes here in just a moment with a scouting report of Weber State. Obviously, there's familiarity on both sides of this. Uh, Jay Hill, a longtime Utah assistant coach. He has guys that have worked with the Utes. He's also got guys from his staff who now work for the Utes. So we'll talk more about that. Let Kyle Winningham explain what he sees from the Wildcats 
here in just a moment. But first, Brian, let's take a minute and talk about our friends over at Bet Online. It is the best place to bet on all of your sports, no matter what it is. But obviously, with the NFL upcoming and college football already underway, there's no better place to place your bets than our friends over at Bet Online. Nope. And it's the season, tis the season to be uh, raining down Skittles because of your football prowess, Jake. They have all sorts of specials going on all the time there at betonline.eg, including, I believe, a survivor challenge that looks rather entertaining. You don't have to leave your home and actually survive something out in the wilderness. You just got to make it to the end of the challenge. Yeah, it's a $200,000 NFL survivor contest. It's the world's largest survivor contest online. They also have the online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest as well. You can take advantage of both of those by going to the website now. That's betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. You heard that right. A 100% welcome bonus. It's all courtesy of our friends at BetOnline as they are your online sportsbook experts. All right, Brian, this has been a fun episode, and it's something I think I'm looking forward to every Monday, because if you guys want insight on what Kyle Whittingham says shortly after he gets done with his press conference, uh, this is a place to come, plain and simple. Of course, we are the only daily podcast out there covering the Utes, and we're going to even be, I guess, like up to the minute almost, it feels like, on this. Yeah, as much as you and I can be up to the minute with everything else we got going on, but I promise you this much, Jake, there's not another podcast out there. That's giving this kind of coverage with this kind of dedication, recording in basements and cars. We are the Rudies of podcasting right now. There is no doubt about that. So before we go here, let's get the scouting report from Kyle Whittingham, obviously on Weber State, who they will face Thursday night. A very talented Weber State squad. Jay Hill and his crew up there in Ogden have done a fantastic job building a true powerhouse up there at Weber. And a guy that I thought should have gotten more FBS looks, who is now plying his trade up there for the Wildcats, is Josh Davis, the former Alta High star. A guy that I thought was lights out at the high school level. I felt like Weber State made out like bandits when they were able to secure his national letter of intent. Well, Kyle Whittingham gave us a scouting report of what to expect from Weber's star running back. He's just a tough kid. He's he's a hard runner. He's uh, he's instinctive. He makes positive yards. I mean, he's a guy that's always making something out of nothing and getting those extra yards after contact. And he's just a tough, hard-nosed guy, and he'll be a challenge. Brian, I dare say that Kyle Whittingham gave a lot of praise to Josh Davis that we expect him to give to his own running backs. I think he sees a lot of the skills that his running backs he's had at Utah over the years and a guy like Josh Davis, albeit Josh is now wearing uh, purple and white. I think Josh Davis was a guy that they probably should have extended a scholarship offer to Jake. He's one of the best high school players I've ever seen up close. I'll stand by that. And he's done a good job at Weber state. You know, he's, he's battled through injuries, but he is, when he is on the field, he's electric. He is a potent, uh, you know, and an opportunist in terms of like, every time he touches the football, there's, there's a good chance that he can turn that into a scoring opportunity. And so Utah's really going to have to play disciplined and, and shut him down because if you shut him down, that really takes away a huge strength of Weber States and it makes that game a lot easier to get through. Well, I was going to say that might be take away their chief strength, honestly. I, yeah. I, it's, it's nothing against a guy like Bronson Barron, who's actually a, one of the more prolific quarterbacks we've seen in the Utah prep ranks in recent years as well. He, him coming out of American Fork High School. But Josh Davis, man, 
is he a three-time All-American at this point? I don't know exactly how many All-American citations he has. He was the FCS freshman um, freshman of the year, like the best freshman in the entire country for Weber State. I'm with you. Any program in this state, BYU, Utah State, Utah included, probably missed out on a really, really great talent. But you know what? Jay Hill is enjoying the talents of a guy like Josh Hill. Yep, and, and Josh he's Davis, excuse me, spite. not Josh Hill. I combine Josh, <laughs> Josh Hill Davis. and Jay Hill. My bad. Uh, you know what? Like whatever you call him, Jake, he's money in the end zone, and Weber State loves it. I think Utah fans, when they can step away after this game and take a deep breath, they'll enjoy watching him down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is just, you know, I I think. Like you said, the accolades have never stopped with him and the numbers that he's thrown up have been eye popping. You know, they had a wealth of running backs at one point in time, uh, but Josh Davis has, has overcome them all. And and for good reason, he's, he really is going to be the key to this game. And, and we hear Whittingham talk about it all the time. Stop the, stop the run. You, you, you'll win on defense. This is really the truth in this week. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. One final clip here before we go is, of course, another uh, thought on Weber State. And this is the familiarity between these two coaching staffs. Jay Hill spent over a decade on Kyle Whittingham's staff up at Utah before moving on to build Weber State into what it was. Colton Swan obviously was a standout uh, coach over there at Weber State before moving over to Utah. There's a lot of connections between these two coaching staffs. Well, Kyle Whittingham answered the question, how much will that familiarity help or hinder you in this matchup? In the game itself, really no effect, not, not a non-factor. But you're right, we do have a lot of common ground between the two teams and a lot of guys that either coach or played here are, are at Weber right now. So I'm looking forward to seeing those guys, you know, Robert Conley and Joe Dale and the guys that I haven't seen for quite a while. And it's always good to see Jay. And you mentioned Gary will be there now. And so I would say that no effect on the game, but going to be good to see those guys. Well, folks, it sounds like that is going to be a family reunion when the Utes and the Wildcats square off. Right in the middle of playing that clip, Brian's Zoom went down, and it doesn't look like he'll be rejoining us. But we're going to wrap up today's show, and a big thank you to all of you for joining us. This is going to be a lot of fun, like I mentioned. This is going to be something we're going to do Monday afternoons, hopefully, to recap what we learned from Kyle Whittingham's press conference. We'll be back with another episode technically on Wednesday for you guys. So if you don't see one on Tuesday, just understand this was the technically Tuesday episode because Brian obviously did an episode late Sunday night into Monday morning. So he two Monday episodes for the price of one. Let's just go with that. So big thank you once again for your guys' support of the podcast. As always, follow us on social media at Locked On Utes on Twitter. Follow Brian at Brown Bear SLC. Follow myself at Jacob C. Hatch. I'd love to hear from you guys. And as always, feel free to email us with any comments, concerns, advertising inquiries, whatever you've got. The email address is LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. All right, that's going to do it. Hope you guys are all doing great whenever you hear this. We'll be back, like I mentioned, on Wednesday with another episode. But until then, this has been the Locked On Utes Press Conference Edition for August 30th, 2021.